Coming to you from beautiful Santa Barbara, California. Promoting peace, healthy living and happiness. It's the Peace Podcast with host Barbara Gahn-Mueller. Hello, I'm Barbara Gahn-Mueller and welcome to peacepodcast.org. You're in for a special treat today because I have Jennifer Watson-Roberts, and this podcast is sponsored by Joyce Wyckoff and her newsletter, Gratitude Mojo, and the Substack Field Guide. Substack is part of the democratic new world of journalism, literature, and where every voice can be heard. If you have a message you want to go to the world, Joyce can help you. And now let me talk a little bit about Jennifer Watson-Roberts. I was at a meeting on Ending War 101, and I asked a person for her references for braver angels. I've always felt that conversations progress when we have braver angel-trained people. And she said, well, there's only one person I would recommend, and that's Jennifer Watson-Roberts, who served as a four-term county commissioner, mayor in 1950 of the 19- 58th mayor of Charlotte, North Carolina. She ran the community's program on climate solutions for national environmental nonprofit Eco America. She's been a champion for education, equality, inclusion, and environmental protection. In our pre-conference that we were having, she is passionate about education and inclusion. And since the summer of 21, Roberts has been on the North Carolina Carter Center Strengthening Democracy Project. This is an amazing opportunity for you to hear two themes today. We're going to talk about U.S. elections and conversations for equality and for the world that can work for all of us. Before entering the elected office, Roberts was a school math teacher, a diplomat, with the State Department, an international banker. And you know, she's not that old, so I don't know how she did all of this. Sometimes I think you give a woman a head start and they just go. She's a proud recipient of the Maya Angelou Women with Lead Who Lead Award, the National Association of Business Owners Public Policy Leader of the Year Award. I could go on and keep talking about this, but she has two children. Two lovely people who will carry on her legacy. And that's kind of where I like to go. I like to remember we are first a woman, second a mom, and now I'm a grandma and I love being a grandma. So welcome, Jennifer Roberts. I am just delighted that you are here. Well, uh, I didn't expect you to read that uh, that lengthy bio, but um, I'm glad to be here. And, you know, my husband would accuse me of having uh ADD of jobs you know so (laughs) all the different jobs that I've held but I've also found that they all connect you know that's one of the things that you learn when you're in everything from finance to human services you recognize that everything works together and that's that there was a flow in your resume there was a flow it's like um I did this and then I did that because, and, and it was the becauses that I got in there, and you just brought that up. Well, let's start, and I'm going to invite you to answer a question that you so beautifully crafted. 
why is the Carter Center that has monitored elections overseas for decades doing democracy work now domestically in the United States of America? What is going on? Well, that's a great question. And the Carter Center reached out to me in 2020. Uh, as a former mayor, they knew that I knew North Carolina well. Uh, and what they noticed, uh, and you're right, they have done work around the world. People know that the Carter Center has been monitoring elections in uh, you know, places like Ethiopia and Sudan and, and very volatile democracies. And they have learned quite a bit about what makes a stable functioning democracy and what are the signs of a fragile democracy at risk. Their, their staff and their board started looking at the United States when many, many people started questioning the validity of our elections. And, you know, it really got to, came to a head in 2020, but there had been rumblings even before that. Of course, we have a former president who really brought this to national attention by repeating it over and over, uh, even though there have been 60-something investigations into fraud in 2020, there are still many Americans who think there was massive fraud and do not think that the election result in 2020 was legitimate. When the Carter Center saw this happening, they realized this is the beginning of you know the crumbling of a democracy. If you cannot trust the method by which you choose your leaders, if you cannot trust that your vote counts, that your ballot is secure and uh, you can't have a peaceful transfer of power, which is the hallmark of our democracy, then what are you left with? The concern is then people turn to violence. And we have seen this in countries around the world uh, and their election monitors who've been experts in looking at what makes a fair, safe and secure election. Um, they know the signs that, uh, that are troubling. Um, you combine that with so much research that shows Americans are more polarized now than they have been since the Civil War. And, and that is, uh, there are a number of reasons for that. We have, um, we have media systems that are closed so that if you wanted to just watch, you know, Fox News and, and read, you know, things from a right-wing perspective, that will be all the news that you got and you would continue to feel that perspective mm -hmm. if you want to just watch MSNBC and just read, you know, um, articles from a left-leaning perspective, you don't have to read the other side, right? So what that does is reinforces your view that the other side is way off track. And it also serves to dehumanize the people on the other side because you don't have that interaction. You don't have that conversation and you continue to reinforce your own deep-seated beliefs. That polarization is not healthy. And what I've seen in North Carolina is that neighbors stop talking to each other. I've even heard about families when someone in the family says, oh, I voted for Trump or I voted for Biden. And then all of a sudden the family cuts that person off. That's not America. That's not America. One of the great quotes I like to use um, with the Jimmy Carter Center, because when he founded his foundation and his center after leaving the presidency, Ronald Reagan opened. He did the he did the uh, cutting of the ribbon for opening the Carter Center. And at the end of his speech, he said, we are all Democrats. We are all Republicans. 
because we are all Americans. Mm-hmm. What a, did that? Did you say Jimmy Carter said that? No, Ronald Reagan. Ronald said that. Reagan. Oh my goodness! <laughs> when he opened, when he opened the Carter Center, you know, this was a time when people were able to compromise and talk to each other and have uh-huh. productive dialogue. What a beautiful statement! And Ronald Reagan. There's so many stories about Ronald Reagan, um, but I want to go back to something you said, having conversations. Uh, My late husband was the assistant secretary general at the United Nations and had many opportunities to see the polarization that can happen when many countries get together. And oftentimes I would be lucky enough to hear some of the conversations. And this gnawing thought, well, why don't they have a conversation that hears each other? Why don't they? So a team of people, my uh, couple of friends, and I wrote a book, Revolutionary Conversations, a simple method that you can hear the other person. And I have so much respect for anybody that can bring a conversation into hearing each other so that you can work together. And this conversation methodology starts with one word, stop. Just stop. Like you do at a stop sign. Before you go forward, you make sure it's safe. And how you get to safe is the rest of the formula. And it's so beautiful to know that you are working with braver angels in the Carter Center. How do they intersect? You know, your mission for making us understand that conversations do not have to separate us, that conversations can bring us together. How do they work together? So that's a great question because what I've found in the nonprofit world is that there are a lot of people who are rowing the same direction and they are collaborating because it takes all of us, right? It takes all the great ideas working together. So the Carter Center is working in several states with locally based, they call them leads for that state, uh, to look at where are the good partnerships. And Braver Angels is is also a national organization uh, that started with a Republican and a Democrat, figuring out a way that we can have safe conversations that actually lead to better collaboration and better understanding, and often to solutions that have common ground no matter what your ideology is. And that methodology um, really works very well. They've been testing it over a number of years. They have a number of groups and they have an active group in North Carolina. So I started my Carter Center work of how do we work here in this state to depolarize the conversations and the rhetoric and the protest and the the anger, uh, Mm -hmm. which leads to a lot of, a lot of hate and a lot of uh, uh, harassment. We, you know, we've seen election workers being harassed for just trying to do their job, just trying to to be, you know, very nonpartisan and just make sure the system's working and the ballots get counted. But they've been harassed. Uh, so, how do we lower the temperature on these human interactions? And Braver Angels um, is is a great partner for doing that. So they have a number of volunteers across the state, just like we do with our network for safe, uh, fair, safe, and secure elections. And they had this topic called trusted elections that intersected really well with what the Carter Center is doing. They have a methodology where they get equal numbers 
of they call them reds and blues so you have conservatives and progressive democrat republican and you don't have to even be in a political party to know that you lean more conservative or you lean more progressive right we, we have to be careful about all these labels we give folks but um they try to have they they have equal numbers uh, of these you know each side and the the way that they do a workshop they allow for that listening you talked about saying stop stop and listen let's let somebody speak don't interrupt but truly listen to what their values are where is that common ground and what we found we did a workshop here in Charlotte and what we found at the end of those five hours is that there wasn't a big difference between people who lean red and lean blue or lean left and lean right there were only a few things that they agreed to disagree about and they weren't even big things so a lot of the, the the cares and concerns and the values really line up when you take the time to listen to listen thoughtfully and to incorporate that into your own understanding of whatever that issue is the issue we focus on is trusted elections because that's kind of the core of democracy if you can't trust that you're you know who you voted for is actually you know getting that vote and that you can have that peaceful transfer and that the majority of people actually want that person if you can't trust that that's when things really start to fall apart absolutely and right when that is when it doesn't work and you know we get caught up in our own thoughts sometimes oh well no wonder it didn't work because do you know why really not really but our thoughts take us into an empty hole sometimes and that's not a good way to describe it but what I have heard about braver angels is the fact that once you've taken their workshop you become a moderator for want of a better word um more of a human for want of a better word more loving and in gratitude they become grateful for the person sitting across from them who didn't start out believing as they believe but they went into this other frame of reference they went into you're a human being and I'm a human being and in the gratitude of this moment let's see where we are and that's braver angels to me so absolutely how are those workshops going to help us absolutely so these workshops are happening all across the country all the folks are volunteers and they do get training to actually moderate a workshop so the braver angels you have moderators and facilitators you have volunteers and all of them want to to make the the world more peaceful and to make our democracy work better and we do that through these conversations and you know there are other groups there's a group called living room conversations there are some faith groups that are doing this working bridging the gap working through differences we have unfortunately we have a tendency to dehumanize people we don't understand mm -hmm. right to dehumanize the other you know folks on the other side of the spectrum um whether you know whether it's income or race or ideology we have a bad habit of doing that when we don't know somebody personally in that category so it's so easy to uh to throw stones at another group that you have a stereotypical image of because you have not had that personal conversation with them you haven't deeply explored what their thoughts are and why they think them and you and then you realize 
they have a reason for thinking that way. And that is a valid perspective. And you know what? In a democracy, it takes a lot of different voices to bring us to the right option. It may not be exactly the option that I want, but it's also not exactly the option that the other side wants because it's a compromise. But a lot of times a compromise is actually better because it doesn't leave people behind. And we want to have a democracy that works for everyone. You and said that, two words that just got me, explore and leave anyone behind. Those got me. You know, my, my we have a little five-step process in revolutionary conversation. Stop, help, I need to ask a question. Risk and explore. Well, prior to writing the book, I was a risk taker. I would just go right in and expect a yes or no answer. But then as I started to do the help, may I, may I ask you about something you said I'm not clear? Can I ask you a question? Before I went to risk, now it's stop, help, ask, risk. And then you said that word explore. And that's the magic. But you don't go there until you've had stop, help, ask, risk, and explore. We won more awards for our book because it was so simple. And it works. Oh, I can tell you stories about how my relationships with others have changed because of this formula. It's so simple. So braver angels to me is exactly what the U.S. needs right now. Yeah. And absolutely. what do you think? Uh, anybody can sign up, uh, braverangels.org. There are chapters in many states, and it's all about starting that conversation. You can choose to be involved as little or as much as you want. You can go to one workshop. You can go to several. You can do, they have hour long. They even have a method of how to have tough conversations with your family, uh -huh. <laughs> which we know, we know that every family has Republicans and Democrats and they often, you know, get into conversations that are a little bit touchy, but they have a methodology to help you listen to your own family. Well, that's going to help at Thanksgiving, isn't it? At Thanksgiving, we can all be grateful now because we've heard each other. <laughs> I always so wanted to write an editorial. It's Thanksgiving. Let's start to talk and have that conversation. And that's my secret, so you know, I'm a great mojo, um, gratitude mojo, or I helped Joyce name her book. She wanted to call it gratitude something. And I said, no, mojo, that energy that you have when you are heard. And that's what I think Braver Angels helps. The energy that somebody actually heard me, listened to me, and I can tell them what I think, but not until after I walked in their shoes from their own language. Oh, this is such a great conversation with you. I am in such deep gratitude for you taking on so many different roles. I think we're a spiral. Women have this tendency to taste this, do that, take that. I feel like I'm in my fourth decade of my, my fourth, what is that? It's not a decade because the decade is 10, my 25th, whatever it is, my last 25 years. Because I've done my homework, I was a wife, I was a mother, a teacher, a, a political person, blah, blah. But now I get to explore the world, the world of conversation with people like you. I am just so delighted. You know, you're listening to a new friend of mine because this woman is just full of ideas, ideals and experience. You know, your experience has given you a wisdom foundation. You're full of the wisdom. You're not full, but you're just a wisdom 
carrier. And when I see that wisdom in you, you probably sit back some days and say, if only the world would. How would you finish that? My dream for the world is. Well, it starts with every single person. And my dream for the world is that uh, each person would recognize the value in other people and not dehumanize or stereotype or group people to say they are the other. We are all in the human race and each person brings value to the table. And so that would be my wish in terms of getting at the root of, of hate and violence and things that divide us is to recognize the value in each person. And you know what? I think that is the heart of democracy. And it's also my upbringing as Christian. It's also the heart of the Christian faith. Every person has value. And if we could all see that, sometimes we don't agree with other people. Like, you know, we can vehemently disagree, but we have to value and respect them. I just cannot get more excited about valuing each other and valuing ourselves. I think one of the tragedies in my life are people that don't realize they have the power to do something about whatever they're thinking about, that they sit back and expect somebody else to do it. And so I'm going to echo your wish for the world that not only to value our partners in life, but to value ourselves. And look at you. You never said no. You said yes. And like I say, if you're going to say yes, say yes with enthusiasm and do something about it, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you're just a wonderful opportunity for people to become more in touch with themselves, more in touch with their possibility of doing something wonderful, at, which is called listening and giving feedback and having that conversation. And my dream is our democracy goes back to its old fashioned way of respect for those people who are working in the polls, respect for each other, even though the votes may be different. We had a conversation one time in one of my workshops for revolutionary conversations, a Democrat and a Republican. And by the 10 minutes we were, you know, we had 10 minutes to do this dialogue. They were hugging each other and they were totally on the opposite end of the spectrum. Let me tell you. But it was that conversation that brought the love and the equality of I'm a human and you're a human and we've been happy our experiences. So would you say Braver Angels helps us do that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Their work, what the Carter Center is doing and all the states where they're working, there are so many groups that are trying uh, to help us relate to each other again. So and sometimes it's uncomfortable if you are listening to someone that you don't agree with, but if you listen closely with your heart, you may find there's something you do agree with. And that's what, again, keeps us connected and helps us find value and respect for others. You really made me smile, Jennifer Watson Roberts, when you said, listen with your heart. Listen with your heart. And with that, I thank you. I thank you for being my guest today. And I thank you, the audience, who pays attention to the words of people like Jennifer You'll find her on Facebook. You'll find her on Spotify. If you're driving and you're stuck in traffic, turn on Spotify and listen and say, what did she tell me I could do with my life and with my conversations? And I welcome your responses. I'm Barbara Mueller at peacepodcast.org. If you have an idea that you think I should explore, 
Give me an email or go on Facebook and like our Facebook page. Thank you for joining us. I'll see you again next week. And thank you, Joyce Wyckoff, for sponsoring this beautiful podcast. You know, I believe that people are in gratitude. They're their worries disappear. I don't know why that is, but it's a magic formula. Get in gratitude and watch your thoughts change. Thanks again, Jennifer. Thanks for having me. It's been great. My pleasure. Thank you for joining us and have a conversation. Invite five people to join you and listen to Jennifer. Thank you. Thank you.